Thank you everyone for coming out. I'm going to invite our Pastor Marcus <laughs> to the stage. Why don't we welcome him? Woo, Pastor Marcus. Wow, it's good to be back. Uh, before we do anything else, I just want uh, the members of the Jinsan team to stand to their feet. Yeah, let's just give it up for them. They, we, are, we are back. We are back in the house. Keep standing. Now, what I want everyone to do is I want you to, if you're just near them, to lay a hand on them. And John Michael, if you could come up and, and just lay a hand on me real quick. Anita's got me on my... And I, I just, uh, because we're back and, uh, you know, usually when you go on a missions trip, you know, you're ministering and stuff, you're pouring out a lot. And it's very easy sometimes for certain things to kind of get on you when you come back because you're tired, you've been pouring out a lot. And so it's really important just as a church, um, one body to just pray for the people and just pray cleansing, pray that God would restore everything that's been poured out and that, uh, yeah, God would just use it to take them higher. So let's just pray over each person that's standing. Let's pray. God, we just declare your glory, Lord, over this team, Lord, over every team member, God. We just declare, Lord, your cleansing oil over them, God, your goodness over them, Lord. We just break off, Lord, God, anything that's been sent against them, Lord, God. Holly, we break it off in Jesus' name. We disallow any attack of the enemy, and we just declare your glory over these teams, God. We declare that they are part of the family of New Philly. We declare, Lord, your covering. We declare, Lord, just fresh garments of praise covering each and every one of them, the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah, God, just the goodness of this family, Lord, coming in them, Lord, deep, the love of God coming in them deep, Lord, and we bless the power of the testimony. We bless, Lord, what will be released tonight. We bless the video. We bless, Lord God, each team member's stories, God. God, we declare, Lord God, a shift here in Korea as a result of the shifts that you brought in Philippines, God. And we give you all the glory, praise, and honor. We thank you, God. Bless this team and bless your church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. You can take your seats. Yeah, so whether or not you, uh, you attend New Philly or you attend another church, uh, whenever you send out missions teams and they come back, it's just always important uh, to pray for them and to pray cleansing over them. Uh, it it re- helps to refresh them and it, and it helps to uh, empower them to release everything that they have experienced on the field into your life. Um, even as Myung-Wa was saying and as uh, Pastor J.M. was saying as well. So yeah, so we're back from General Santos. Hallelujah. And I kid you not, like this was such an amazing trip. Uh, tonight, I'm just going to be I'm going to be giving testimonies as to what happened over the course of the trip, as well as um, just lessons that I felt like I learned from Jensan that will help us as a church move forward from this trip. So um, if you're ready for it, let me hear you say amen. 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 Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So. We saw over, we saw over about 40 healings on this trip. 
Hallelujah. Let's give God praise for 40 healings. I mean, we saw, we saw salvation. Um, we saw salvation. We saw large amounts of inner healing. Uh, we also saw the fire fall at a couple places. We went to one. We had this youth revival service and Myungwa had preached and then pretty much the entire place ended up being an altar and it just fire fell everywhere. Students in the back were getting hit, students in the front and God was just moving all over. Um, also at a Bible college we went to, Mina preached. Hallelujah. Mina got up there and she preached the word and she preached it strong. And the fire fell when Mina preached. And, you know, Mina's got a mighty anointing on her life. And so it was really amazing. You know, we went there and we worked with a man as, as myung talked about. His name is Pastor Ching Tao. Everyone say Ching Tao. And then also Pastor Dan. Everyone say Dan. That one's easy, right? And so they were from Faith Tribal Ministries. And to be honest, it's an apostolic ministry. Uh, they, they have 30, 40 churches all throughout the mountains and they they do like crazy stuff like they walk from they were sharing one story when they walk from uh, seashore to seashore you know like they walk like eight hours just in hiking the mountain then they jump on a donkey and then they they jump on like uh, then they jump on a jeepney and then they jump on a horse and then they like do all this stuff to reach all these different tribes and they're seeing thousands come to christ they're seeing thousands come to christ in the mountains and so uh, just as much as we went and ministered to them, they certainly ministered to us. Uh, we ministered 13 different times over a six day period. And, uh, we had one day of rest in between. And so we got a chance to go to the beach. You know what I'm saying? It was, got a chance to go to the beach and, and, uh, Mina packed a bikini and she, Mina, I don't know why Mina did that, but it's a missions trip. It's a missions trip. It's a missions trip. <laughs> but uh we went we went to the beach and uh we had the freshest tuna that money can buy hallelujah uh general santos is known as the tuna capital of the world apparently and so there was tuna everywhere we got a chance to go to the port where they showed us the exact tuna took it to the beach cut it up and uh but there's more than just tuna because we also ate balut have any of you guys heard of balut okay so balut this isn't all I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to just talk about Balut. But I'm telling you, the, the Lord's grace was on this team. Hallelujah. Because we ate this thing called Balut. Apparently, Balut is like when a hen has an egg. And, and then they just keep the egg for like 16 days. And by that time, the egg has like uh, a chick has already started to form. So there's like a chick embryo inside the egg. And then they deep fry the egg. And then you peel it and you eat it. Oh, some of you guys need healing right now. <laughs> Your face is like, ugh. But yeah, we ate it. So one of the pastors brought it to us, and uh, and we we all had a chance to partake of the balut. Um, Zach had, I think, the the best experience with it. His face got beat red, as red as his his shirt he's wearing right now. But we all survived. We are all alive. Hallelujah. So thank you so much for praying for us. <laughs> so yeah, as I mentioned. Um, we saw over 40 physical healings on this trip and not just physical healings on the trip in the places we ministered, but we also saw a significant amount of healing on our team because so many people on our team would get sick. And then Anna, she was the she was the team doctor. She would run over to them and she would pray for them and God would heal them. And so God was moving throughout the entire trip. 
But I want to just share with you a few testimonies that stuck out uh, to me over the trip. Okay, so the first service we went, and uh, it was a Tuesday night, we ministered at a youth revival. And so there were all these young people, like as young as like five and as old as like maybe 14 or something, not that old. But we, we ministered, we did VBS, and then uh, we preached. And then, well, I preached, and then it tried to do a healing time. So I was like, you know, if you're sick, stand to your feet. And no one stood up. Like, all the kids were just, like, looking at me, like, what is he talking about? Like, we were like, you know, God believes in physical, like, God heals. We believe in physical healing. If you're sick, stand up. No one's sick. Like, I'm like, if you have a headache, if your stomach feels queasy, just stand up. It was like as silent as this room is right now. (laughs) And no one stood up. And so we kept ministering and, and then we did an altar call later and all the kids come up and they're just singing and crying and like little kids just crying their eyes out. And then I remember going home after that and I was just mad discouraged. I was, I don't know the team was, the team was great, but I was kind of like, you know, Lord, where's your healing? You know, cause before the trip I was praying and contending a lot for physical healing on this trip. And then the next morning, uh, the next morning during a quiet time, young Wan had us read from Psalm 27. And then one of the last verses of Psalm 27 says, it says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. You know, wait for the Lord. And I remember reading that and just everyone in the team was so filled with faith. Like, you know, I remember Jen. Jen was just kind of like after that first service, he was like, you know, the best is yet to come. You know, <laughs> he was he was ready for it. And uh, I'll probably do a lot of Jen Jen, uh, impersonations during this because Jen was like the most hilarious person on the team. Like, uh, yeah, but (laughs) Jen was like the best is yet to come. And we so the next day, God surely did. He surely showed up. So we, we drove up to the mountain and we went to this one mountain church and we go in and we think the entire time that there's going to be like indigenous praise. We think they're going to lead praise. Everything's going to be fine. And we go and there's like nothing set up. There's no, there's no drums. There's no guitar. We're like, hmm. Okay. So Lydia, Lydia, she, uh, she led VBS for us. The Aussie sister, Lydia, she's in the back. Wave your hands, Lydia. She was like a soldier. She led like VBS everywhere. Like she was like dripping sweat the whole time, like leading VBS. And Myung would be like, do the song again. And then like, she'd be like, okay. And then she'd do it again. And then Myung was like, one more time. And so Lydia was a trooper. I got to honor her for that. But we did VBS. And then after we did VBS at this new, at this church, um, after we did VBS, we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to share a testimony. And so I remember Myung was like, well, who are we going to have share a testimony? And she was like, we're going to have Zach share. And Zach, Zach heard that he was going to share. And Zach was like, no, my, my, my testimony is not ready yet. And then, uh, but then something changed in Zach that, that one moment after that, Zach was like, he was ready and he got up there and he shared his testimony. And I kid you not, it was like so anointed. He didn't even look at his notes and like, you know, I I guess it's your own life story. You need to look at your notes. And, and Zach, Zach shared his testimony was so anointed. And then Matt gets up and Matt leads praise. And Matt led praise, and that was, that was his first time having to lead praise in front of a congregation like that. And he just led, and it was anointed. 
And there was just an anointing in the room. And then we had the team come up and share words of knowledge. Everyone shared words of knowledge, you know, a shoulder, stomach pain. Uh, people have numbness. And we see 16 people come up to receive prayer at the second service. And so they're all standing up to, to get prayer. And so the team's standing up. They're getting ready. And then I release them to begin praying. And as soon as they go up to pray, two seconds later, boom, somebody's healed. I was like, wait, what? Like it was, it was like that per and that person didn't even receive prayer yet. No one prayed for them. And all of a sudden someone's like, this woman's healed. And she's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that was the first person. And then we, we, we continued to pray for about two minutes, no more than two minutes. And our, and then it was like, okay, if you feel a hundred percent healing, I want you to come up to the side and give your testimony. And then everyone starts to walk over to the stage, right? And I'm telling you, there was so much unbelief in my heart. Because I was like, no, I kid you not. I turned, I turned to Pastor Ching. And I'm Pastor Ching, they don't understand. If you're 100% healed, come up to the front. And everyone, he, he translates it. And everyone keeps walking. I'm like, no, no. They, if they're fully healed. And he's like, I, I think they're fully healed. <laughs> and... and and hallelujah, every person that came up to receive prayer got fully healed by the Lord. You know, we saw, we saw people who had knee problems, pain left their knees. Uh, we saw one person who, there was one, we saw stomach pain completely lift off. I remember there was one specific testimony I wanted to mention about a brother who, Filipinos apparently love to play basketball. Like everywhere we went, there was like basketball courts everywhere. I didn't, I didn't know that, but yeah, you, you learn something new every day. And, uh, he got hurt playing basketball and apparently like the whole right side of his body was like numb and like partially paralyzed. And the Lord completely healed him. God is good. Amen. I'll, I'll share a couple more. We went to another service, um, in the mountain region. We had to hike a mountain on this trip. So we got a chance to hike, got our hike on a bit. And at one service in the mountain region, we saw a woman, she had cataracts, blurry vision, and she had a headache when she came up. And the Lord healed her of her headache and completely cleared her vision. You know, hallelujah, hallelujah. At that same service, we saw a man with asthma and trouble breathing. He got completely healed. A guy, he had a, he had like a jaw issue and a toothache apparently, right, Zach? Something like that. And the Lord completely healed him. And then, um, and then at our final service, uh, you know, two of the most miraculous healings that we probably saw in the entire ministry time, the Lord saved the best for last. At our final service, um, we saw a lot of people get touched. There's many testimonies, like there's over 40 testimonies, so I can't give them all right now. But if you ask a team member, I'm sure they have it because every team member, as they laid hands on people, they saw healing. There was no, per no one person on this team that didn't see God use them to heal. And so it was such an amazing thing. But uh, there's two testimonies that stuck out the most. I want to invite Myungwa to come up real quick. She's going to share a testimony about a woman who got touched by Jesus. Uh, and so uh, let's welcome Myungwa real quick. Uh, 
I personally love this story. So there was a woman standing in the middle of the church pew, right? So I was walking around looking for someone to pray for. It was after we released the words of knowledge and then she stood up. And then she was already crying. She was already being touched. So I felt just led to like reach out and touch her. But I could barely like touch her like left hand. Right, And then I, I barely touched her hand, and I would just quickly pray for her. And I was just kind of like doing this. And then like nobody touched her. Right? And then I just quickly laid hands and prayed for her, and then that was it. And then she came up to the front to share her testimony. And she shared that. So while Tim was up sharing uh, words of knowledge, she was praying to God that God, my shoulder, right shoulder has been aching for like last two weeks. So it's been a lot of in pain. So I was praying that someone will call out shoulder pain. And then I think it was Sarah. Sarah called out right, right shoulder. And then she was like, Oh God hurt me. And she stood up, started crying. Right. And then she said, and then some of uh, one of you, like someone laid uh, hands on my shoulder and then she, 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 she got completely healed. Right. And then she was sharing her testimony and I was like, no one touched her. Like she said, one of you laid hands on me and then she got completely healed. But I saw that no one touched her right shoulder. So I took her aside. I told her that sister, no one, no one touched your shoulder. And she started crying her eyes out. She was like, oh, it's Jesus. And so she was like, <laughs> doing her thing. And then she got completely healed. Praise God. Yeah, so Jesus, you know, Jesus was the one who laid hands on that one. And he touched everyone. I mean, Jesus was the one doing all the laying of hands. But uh, And then there was another testimony I wanted to share from that same service about, um, got a word of knowledge about insomnia. Once somebody on our team got that word. And there was a brother in the back, and he, he stood up for insomnia. And then at the end, he comes up and he's saying, like, you know, the Lord's healed me from insomnia. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I remember even looking at him at the time, like, you don't know, like how do you, like, like you know, you gotta pass out for you to know that you like. How are you gonna know you healed from insomnia? And he's like, the Lord healed me from insomnia. I'm like, mm, okay, all right. And then he starts to talk, and what he said was that every time he prayed or every time he closed his eyes to go to sleep, he would always feel a dark, ominous presence over him. And so whenever he tried to pray, he would always see this dark dark cloud over him he would see this dark ominous presence and that was also the reason why he couldn't sleep but then when the word came out and he stood up and he received prayer he said he saw a bright light break in and he saw he saw the dark cloud completely leave and he knew he was completely delivered and healed hallelujah he got healed and delivered in that same moment and uh and so and god is good amen god is so good i mean everywhere we went whether it was a place that we walked into and it seemed like it was like oppression in the atmosphere, we still saw God move. You know, God is Lord over everything. He's Lord over the darkness. He's Lord over the light. He's Lord over everything. There's no place that God doesn't go and cannot go. And everywhere we went, we saw the Lord move. Uh, we went, we went to, um, we had this youth revival service where Myungwa got up and she preached about the Father's heart. And then she did an altar call. And all of us, and like, and no one came up and it was just, people were just, people were crying. Everyone's crying in the audience. Everyone's, he's like, you know, you want to come up. What are you doing? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, and she's, and, and myung just waited on the Lord. And then all of a sudden, Pastor Ching, he gets up and he starts singing this song about like the father's love. And then all of a sudden the altar gets packed 
And we see inner healing break out over the entire altar. It was just so amazing. Um, But yeah, these are just some of the amazing testimonies we saw over the trip. I mean, God was just so good. And yeah, we saw his favor and grace over us. Even the hotel we stayed at was like a hotel that had just opened up apparently like a month before. And like some of our team members are like deathly afraid of bugs. And they didn't have to worry about bugs. It was good. Like God's favor was over us. And uh, I believe that what God did in this trip and as well as what he's doing in the trips in Baguio, as well as in Manipur, they're not simply signs of what God's doing in the nations, but they're signs of what God wants to release here. You know, there's a scripture verse that says that the hardworking farmer should be the first to have a share of the crops. And all the things that we sow into the nations are things that God intends for us to have manifest here. And so even as we share these, I share these testimonies and as I share these lessons that I've learned from this trip, receive it not as just, oh, this is a good story. Praise the Lord for what happened. But God, I really believe that you're going to release that here. You know, even when we I remember when we came back from Myanmar in 2009, um, if some of you guys remember, we were very intentional after that trip to kind of release what had happened in Myanmar upon the church body here at New Philly. So I remember that day at Sunday Swim, we prayed for everyone and joy was manifesting. And it was kind of a sign that what God had done in Myanmar, he was also doing at New Philly. And sometimes we can believe that, you know, what God did in General Santos, he won't do in my life. Or what God does in Manipur, he won't do for my family or he won't do here. But God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the same. He's the earth belongs to the Lord, right? You know, everything. Is his. And so um, I want to just share three key lessons that I learned from General Santos. And I, I want you to write these down if you got if you got your notebook. And before I share these lessons, I actually want to pray for us. So let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father, we praise you for what you've done, Lord God. We praise you for what you did, Lord God, in General Santos, what you're doing in Manipur, and what you're doing, Lord God, in Baguio, Lord. And Father God, we thank you for the testimonies, God. But Father, we know that the testimonies are simply a spirit of prophecy for what you're doing here, God. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, even right now, God, that as I share your word, God, and as I share what you have taught me from this trip, Lord, that it would go out, Father, and it would be a seed that would manifest the harvest 30, 60, 100 fold in the lives of your people. I pray right now, God, that every heart would be opened, God. I pray against every block. I pray against all fatigue. I pray against every work of the devil that would try to distract us from what you're doing in this house, God. Lord, I thank you that each and every person that you brought here, Lord, you brought them for a purpose and you want them to receive this word tonight. So, Father, I pray that you would do it tonight. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we love you so much. You are so good to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there was three things that I felt like, I mean, God taught a lot of things to every member of the team. uh, But there's three things that I want to kind of hone in on that, that I felt like I learned from General Santos. And the first lesson is this one. It's that unity is good. Everyone say unity is good. But harmony is greater. Unity is good, but harmony is greater. You know, there's so many times on, on a missions trip that we, we always seem to be praying for unity. 
You know, like every time we go out on a missions trip, I remember like every time like Lisa's leading like a prayer talk, she's like, let's pray for unity, unity, Lord, unity, Lord, ah, you know. And uh, we're always praying for unity because we want our teams to be unified as we step out. And that's that was like our cry for this trip and for our team. You know, we were praying for unity amongst the team. But what I saw on this trip and what the Lord really impressed upon me and showed in so many different ways is that unity is something that we need on our trips. And we, we need unity, but we also need harmony. And there are two different things. That you can have unity on a trip, but have no harmony whatsoever. You know, and it's important that you have both. You know, God desires not for us to be unified in our vision, in our goal, but also for us to work together in a harmonious fashion. You know, if you think of that, that Bible verse that we always quote when we, when we think about unity, it's like how sweet, how precious, how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like oil, right, that is running from the top of Aaron's head down to his beard, all the way down to his robes and feet. And we, we use that to talk about unity, how great it is that there is unity amongst the brothers. And it's that oil. It has a common direction. It has a common vision. It has a common flow. And it's just flowing all in the same direction. And whether it's on a missions team or in the body of Christ, it's important for us to have unity. But not just that, but it is also important for us to have harmony. You know, even in that same illustration for Aaron, it talks about the oil, that unity running, that anointing running over different parts of Aaron's body. And in the body of Christ, we have many different parts. And it's important that each part is anointed. It's important that your gifts and your callings and the things that you have come to the surface in the body. You know, if you think of a symphony orchestra, right, they all have the same vision in the same kind of way. They're all playing the same piece. They all play the same piece, but each one has a different part. You never see the tuba trying to play the flute's part. You never see the flute's part trying to play the part of the trumpet, right? They all have different parts. And if they all tried to play the same part, it wouldn't sound as good. There'd be no harmony. You wouldn't have a beautiful masterpiece. And that's what I felt the Lord was showing me on this trip. Because, like, if I'm honest, this Jinsan team was, like, probably the most random team I've ever been on. Like, I looked at, like, I remember when they did, like, the, uh, the team announcements, right? And like, I see, I see the, uh, the India team, and I'm like, okay, that's New Philadelphia Itaewon right there. That's like pretty much Itaewon campus, and, and so they all, they all know each other. And then I see, I see the Baguio team, and I'm like, oh, well, they all, they all hang out anyways. I'm like, I know all them. And then I see our team, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know anyone on my team. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a pastor at the church. I don't know everybody on my team. And then... And then I remember us sitting in our meeting and I remember me and Mina, me and Mina, we, we're like, we're all sharing with one another and we're, we're all talking and, and me and Mina are looking at each other and we're thinking the same thing. We're thinking, this is random. <laughs> like, this is like, Lord, how is this going to work? Because this is so random. And then I remember Anna, Anna was sitting there and Jen was sitting across from Anna and Jen was sitting there with his legs crossed. And all of a sudden, like in the, I think Anna was sharing about herself and Jen just interrupts her and he's like, Hey, do you by any chance read the Holy Scriptures? And we're all looking at him like, where did that that come from? Like the Holy Scriptures, like what's that? And he's like, 
because I see a bright light coming from behind you. It's shining behind you. And I was like, wow. Like, I was like, I've heard of holy gain, but that's like crazy, right? And, and, uh, and like, <laughs> it's like two, two people got that. But like, I remember at that time, like me and Mina just like looked at each other and we we're like, how is this going to work? We're all so random, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and even, and then like we had the Aussie sisters come and I'm like, they're from Australia. <laughs> and like, we're from here. Like there's already randomness in our team. And then you add three Aussies, like, how's this going to work? <laughs> it's like, this is not going to work, Lord. How's this going to happen? I remember in my prayer closet, just like crying out, like, Lord, come. And then, but I have to testify. We, there was no problems. Everyone just came together and we just worked in a harmonious fashion. Everyone's giftings, they came together. One person's giftings, like I wasn't trying to do Zach's job. Zach wasn't trying to do Jen's job. No one was trying to step on one another's toes. Everyone was just playing their role, playing their part and playing it well. And so there was harmony in the team. And so the anointing didn't just flow, it flourished. And I believe that's a word for our church. You know, so many people, they come into our church and they come, they don't, they don't just come into New Philly, but they come into the body of Christ and they see one person or they see another person. And they think I have to be just like that person. I've got to pray just like that person. I've got to be in the exact same mold as that particular person. And then they overlook their gifts. They overlook their passion. They overlook their call. And then at the end of the day, they feel unified. They're in the same unity and the same vision, but they don't feel satisfied. And they feel like that I'm just, I'm just trying to be like everyone else. When God doesn't want you to be like everyone else, he wants you to be you. And he wants, your, he wants the anointing to flow over the gifting and the call that he's given you. Because what you have, no one else can give. Do you know that? You are a gift. What you bring to the church, no one else can bring. And if you don't bring it, it won't be here. And you got to know that for yourself. You know, Anna was the team doctor. And Anna was going to be the one giving medicine to everybody, you know. Zach was the transporter. He was the one carrying all the bags. And don't feel sorry for him. (laughs) He was carrying all the bags. And you know... Were we going to ask Anna to carry all the bags? Like, no, we weren't going to ask Anna to carry all the bags. You know? There was something that only Zach could bring to the table. And there was something only Anna could bring to the table. Whenever Anna would pray for a member of our team, they would get healed. Because she was the doctor. And God had given her a particular grace for that. And there is a grace that the Lord has given you to bring to the body of Christ. And my question is, are you bringing it? Are you being you? He doesn't want you to just be unified. He wants you to be satisfied. He wants you to be satisfied here in the body. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson that the Lord taught me on on this trip. You ever heard that saying, uh, someone is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? (laughs) Mandy's heard it. (laughs) 
You know, we, we say that a lot in the, in the body of Christ. You see someone and they're like, you know, Holy Spirit, what should I eat for breakfast? Like, you know, Holy Spirit, should I, should I wear the brown shoes or the purple shoes? I ain't talking about myself. I ain't got purple shoes. Um, but whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, but what the Lord was teaching me on this trip is that being heavenly minded is far more earthly good than anything else. That being heavenly minded is earthly good. And that it's important for us to step into the Lord's shalom. To step into his peace. You know, it says in Colossians 3. And you can turn there if you like. Yeah, just turn to Colossians 3, everyone, if you have your Bibles. Just open to Colossians. It's after Philippians, not Philippines. Colossians chapter 3. And it says, I'm going to read verses verses 1 and 2. It says, "If, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You know, The word tells us to set our minds on heavenly things and not on the things of this world. But so often we allow our circumstances, we allow the things that are happening around us, we allow the way our bodies feel, the way people feel about us, the way we feel about other people, everything in the natural to influence us. And we completely miss what God is doing in the spiritual realm. You know, wherever we went, even when we were ministering to children, a common refrain I kept hearing the spirit of the Lord say to me was, see things with spiritual eyes, Marcus. See things with spiritual eyes. Don't look at things in the flesh. See things in the spiritual. You know, so many attacks were coming at us, whether it was sickness, fatigue, whether it was, you know, even just maybe a moment of feeling like in the flesh, annoyed or anything. So many little attacks were coming at our team. But when you see them in the spirit, you're able to understand the cause and the effect of those attacks where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. You know, so many times in the natural, we get sick and we, we start feeling bad. And then we're just like, oh, I, I, I'm sick. I'm, oh, I'm just going to lay down and, oh, I feel so bad, you know. And, and we don't ever stop and think about what's the cause of this attack? What's the cause of this sickness? Where is this sickness coming from? And there were so many times, I believe, on the trip where members of our team were getting sick. And it wasn't like they just needed to drink more water or they needed vitamin C. But I really believe that sickness many of the times, many of times is many of the time, blah, blah, blah. Sickness most of the time. There we go. Sickness most of the time is an attack of distraction. That that the enemy throws sickness at us to get us to focus on our flesh. Because when your flesh is hurting, it's really hard to think about the spiritual. When your flesh is hurting, it's really hard for you to say, I'm going to pray for healing. You know, when your flesh is hurting, it's really hard for you to see things as heaven sees them. And so we get focused on the things that happen around us and we begin to submit ourselves to that reality. And it's a lesser reality. You know, the things that happen on our bodies and in our flesh is a lesser reality than what happens in the spirit. You know, the Bible says that the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so the things that last longer, that is the the stronger reality. That's the thing that is real. 
And the things we experience in our flesh is a lesser reality. But so many times we allow the lesser reality to influence us. Wherever we went on the trip, you know, whether we were ministering in inner healing, physical healing or deliverance, the first necessary requirement for us was for us to submit ourselves not to our own ways and not to our own understanding, but to submit ourselves to what heaven had, to submit ourselves to heaven's order. And if we're going to see signs and wonders and see healings and see these things break out here in this church and see it in the body of Christ, even when we're out on the streets, we have to submit ourselves to a higher reality. We have to be heavenly minded and realize that when we're heavenly minded, then we're earthly good. If you're not heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You know, Proverbs chapter three, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You know, as we acknowledge the Lord and we acknowledge the things that are in heaven and we trust in the Lord and we trust in the things that are heaven, that those are the things that are real and not on our own understanding, then we really see heaven's purpose and order manifest. And that was something that God really showed me on this trip. You know, <coughs> we, uh, I mentioned we had to climb a mountain, right? So it was after Friday, we had a, we had a day, we were at the beach and uh, everyone was, was having a good time. We were waiting in the waters, had our, in, our inner tube. We were having a great time. And then, all of a sudden, Pastor Ching comes up to us and he's like, you know, I got this call from these people up in the mountains. They heard you're here and they want you to come and see them. But you're going to have to hike. And I remember like in my flesh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, and he's like, you're going to have to get up early and you're going to have to go hike. I'm like, Man, in my flesh, in my flesh, in my flesh. Don't judge me in my flesh. And, and, but it was so funny because he began to explain to me about, about this group of people up in the mountains and they were called like the banditos, I believe that was their tribal name. And they were called that because they used to be bandits that this tribe actually used to be a, a tribe of bandits. They used to go around, they rob people, they loot people. And they were, I don't know if I even said the name of the tribe, right? But, um, that's what they were known for. And so their their in their tribal name was the label in which they the things they used to do like you're known as the robbers you're known as the bandits and as soon as he said that to me i felt the lord give me a word and it was it was romans 8 1 and that there's no more condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and and it was like okay all right you know we're ready to go let's go do this and so we go and that next morning we go we hike up the mountain and we get up there and I look inside the church and it's all little kids. And I remember seeing the little kids and I was like, man, like, don't judge me. I was like, man, the Lord gave me this word about, about you're no longer bandits, but they're little kids. They're not bandits. Like, how am I going to preach to little kids? You're no longer bandits. Don't be ashamed. They're like, I've never been a bandit. I'm a little kid, you know? And so I was kind of like, Man, like, I guess this wasn't a word from the Lord. I guess this wasn't what I was supposed to preach. And so we go in and the little kids are there and we do our, we like, um, 
we uh, we go in and, and we we do our VBS and and or no, I forgot what happened. We we did something in the in the beginning. They led a song of worship. That's what it was. They led a song of worship, and Myungwa comes over to me and she's like, "You ready to go?" And I'm like, um, "Myungwa, I think I think you should preach." You know, because my the word that I have isn't isn't the right word. And Myung was like, "Okay, all right." So Myung was like, "Okay, I'll go preach." And and then uh, as soon as I said that to Myung like we're doing worship, we're praying. As soon as I said that, I got so convicted, and I felt like I was like, "How could you? I gave you a word." <laughs> and then and then. One of the one of the Aussie sisters, Sarah, who's she already went back to Australia. She's sitting like a couple of seats down from me, and she's praying out loud. And all I hear her saying is, "Don't underestimate God. Don't underestimate the children. Don't underestimate God. Don't underestimate the children." And I'm like, "Oh, oh!" I was sitting there, and I was like so convicted. I was like, and we go and we do our introductions. And I turn to Myung-Wah and I'm like, myung I think I'm supposed to preach. And myung like, well, I think I'm supposed to preach. And I'm like, no, myung I'm supposed to preach. And she's like, okay, all right. And I go behind, I go behind the hut, like where the, the, the church was. The church was a hut that was made out of wood. I go behind the hut and I'm like, Lord, I repent. I repent. Because I realized I was seeing everything in the natural I was seeing everything according to the natural. And I was expecting everything to be according to how I see it in the natural realm. But if you're not heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. If I'm seeing everything with my eyes, my earthly eyes, I'm not going to be any good to these people. And I wouldn't have been. And I would have just sat there and I'm sure Myungwa would have preached an amazing message. But in that moment, God was supposed, he had for me to preach. And it was funny because when I woke up that morning, I felt the Holy Spirit on me. And I felt the Holy Spirit on me. And I, and I could hear VBS songs when I woke up. And all I heard when I woke, when I woke up, I just heard, is, There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Like power in the blood. It's like the VBS song. And I remember and I was like, Lord, as a sign of your favor, may we do power in the blood as a VBS song. And we had not done VBS already, and I'd already given up on it. And then I repent, and I'm like, Lord, okay, I'll just preach, whatever, because I felt the, the title of the message is power, the Power of the Blood. And then Lydia gets up, and she leads one song. She's like, we're going to do absolutely nothing. And they're like, yay. You know? And then she's like, and the next song we're going to do is Power in the Blood. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> But God showed me, he showed me so much that, that I'm not to see things with the eyes of the world. That I'm going to set my mind on things above and not on the things of this world. And that was a powerful service. We saw shame get lifted off of so many people. You know, a lot older people came in towards, towards the end of the VBS. And we saw so many of them getting touched. And so many of the kids getting touched. We saw, that's where we saw the woman with the cataracts getting completely healed. You know, that's where we saw some amazing miracles take place. And it was for us to look at things in the spiritual. You know, and it's not just simply in that kind of way that we need to see things in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm. But also understanding that, that Jesus has paid for us every single debt. And that by his blood, everything, everything is under the blood.
that Satan is completely defeated. That whenever you experience trial, whenever you experience sickness, whenever you experience any attack of the enemy, you got to understand that those things are all under the blood. And that what the enemy's trying to do in that, that exact moment is he's trying to resurrect your flesh. When the enemy attacks you in your circumstances, when he attacks you physically, when he attacks you with your family, when he attacks you in so many different ways, you know, his, his motive is to get you to start seeing things in the natural. His motive is to get you to start seeing things in the flesh. He's, his motive is to get you to start living again by control and by the letter. Because he knows that it kills. He knows that if you start working, the wages is death. But if you start seeing things with the eyes of the Spirit, you'll find freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you start seeing things in the Spirit, you'll find that there is life because the Spirit gives life. You know, anytime an attack comes at you, it's a trespass. It's out of order. Because of the blood of Jesus, Jesus has bought for you everything that is in heaven. He has bought for you heaven's ways, heaven's truths, heaven's life. And so if anything comes at you that is outside of that, it is simply an attack of the enemy. It's a trespass that you have to disallow. I know it's easier said than done. But my encouragement to you is to see things from the spirit and not of the flesh. You know, every time that a person would come up with a physical ailment or anytime someone on our team would complain about feeling sick or hurting, it wasn't that they were encountering anything new. But instead, it was just simply a deception of the enemy. He was trying to get them to buy into the attack that he was bringing. You know, I remember at, at one point in the trip, like, you know, there was a couple of people on the team that were like, you know, oh, I feel like I'm coming down with something. I feel like I'm getting a headache. I feel like this is happening. And then as soon as they f said they feel like it was happening, it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because then they got the headache and then they got the sickness. But then when they turned, they turned around and they said, you know what? No, sickness and disease is far from me. No, you know what? Because of the blood of Jesus, I am healed completely. By his wounds, by his stripes, I am healed. He carried my transgressions. He carried all my infirmities. That is the truth of God's word. It is the truth for my life right now. Then it completely broke off the attacks of the enemy. Satan is the father of lies. Every attack he brings into your life is a lie. The question is, do you buy into the lie or do you believe in the truth? Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So it's important for us to understand the truth and not the lie. In every circumstance, whether it's debt, whether it's sickness, whether it's calamity, anything. What's the truth? What does heaven say? And then, so that was the second lesson. And the last lesson, and this is really one that I wanted to focus on tonight, was um, everyone just turn to the book of Luke, chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 48.
You guys feeling good? Yeah. Feeling good? Say, I feel good. I feel good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good, amen. Mm. Luke twelve forty eight says, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. To whom much is given, much is required. That was the that was the last lesson that I felt like God impressed upon me on this trip. You know, I was reading in this book, and uh, the author gave gave me a definition gave a definition of responsibility. And the definition of responsibility that this author gave was that responsibility is a response to God's ability. Responsibility is a response, your response to God's ability. You know, God has given us everything we need for a life of holiness and godliness. Amen. God has given us everything we need for a life of power. Amen. We have received power from on high. Amen. Amen. We have his Holy Spirit living within us. Amen. Amen. God said he would meet all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And he meets our needs, doesn't he? He meets every single one of our needs. But yet. I found and I was challenged so much on this trip that. So many times I don't live from that truth. That I don't live from the truth that God has met all my needs. That God has entrusted me with much. That God has given me everything I need. That he has met all my needs according to his riches and glory. You know, when we sat down with the pastors, Pastor Ching and and Pastor uh, Dan and then some of the other pastors... They had such a clear understanding and grasp of what they had received in Christ. It was so funny how they, when they would talk about the ministry that they did, and I was, I had a chance to sit with Pastor Philippi, I believe his name, and it was so funny because I was going out to the sanctuary to pray before the evening service, but there were people in the sanctuary, and like, so the people were already in there praising and stuff. I don't know what I'm going to pray because I don't like everything's like pitch black. So I sit outside on the porch and I sit with this pastor and he begins to he begins to tell me. Of, he begins to tell me of these different stories of where, like I was saying earlier, they hike eight hours in the rain and they they are on top on top of donkeys and they're going to reach all these tribal villages and they're doing all these amazing things. And specifically this pastor, he was telling me about how. Um, in General Santos, there's a large Islamic presence as, as well. And so he was telling me about how in General Santos, so many times when he would go to try and evangelize to the tribes, there would, there would be militants, Islamic militants that would chase after him. And that there was, he told me one story one time that he was going around to preach the gospel. And there were these two Islamic militants that were following him everywhere he went. And they threatened to kill him. And he didn't, he didn't do anything. He just, you know, he believed in God's protection. He believed in God's sovereignty and God's grace over his life. And God actually killed the two militants. God took care of those two militants. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? But I was sitting there, I was like, oh, wow, like, it's like for reals, you know, like, but 
And he was telling me all these different stories about how God's protection had been over his life, how everywhere he went, he's seen all these tribes just turn to Christ through healing, through miracles, through signs and wonders. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask him a good question right here. What is your secret? <laughs> like, what is this? How do you do it? And he looks at me and he's like, you know what? God has given me so much. All I have to do is be obedient. <laughs> like, like, that's it? Like, he's like, he was like, you know, wherever you go, you know, God has said he's, he's going to meet all of your needs. God says that he goes before you and he goes behind you and he goes with you. So all you have to do is be obedient. You know, if God has met all our needs and he's given us everything that we need. If he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Then what's our excuse? You know, I said I was on a I was on a ride. I was on a, a drive with Pastor Ching. And I was sitting beside him in, in the passenger side. And he began to tell me about his ministry. And they have this ministry where they they see so many young people that they're they're raising up. And they're just, we met one guy by the name of Pastor Jimmy. And he's the youth pastor over 13 churches. And he's he's younger than me. And I was like, well, homie, how are you doing? You know, like 13 churches. And, and but Pastor Ching, he, he told me something and it was astounding. And he said that the level in which our leaders are trained here in Korea at our churches, what takes us three months to do, it takes him three years. It takes him three years to train up a leader to the level in which it takes us to go three months. And when he said that, like, I felt conviction hit me so strong. <laughs> I'm not saying this to condemn. But I'm saying this to put things into perspective. You know, these revival meetings that we went to, they were packed out with children. Some, yay high. And the pastors began to tell us about how they would walk hours in the rain, in pitch darkness, to come to these meetings. And they were sold out for Jesus. Like, the, we, we were all, as a team, we were like, man, like, you know, like, we love worship, and we love worship here in this house. Because God has such a grace over us to, to be extravagant in worship. Amen? But these kids were like crazy. Like it was like they were jumping around there, dancing and like, and they they like never got tired. <laughs> like at some point, I was like, like the kids were like, I was like trying to, I was like so deep in worship that like the kids would come to me and like they try to pull me back into like the mosh pit and I was like, oh Lord, I thank you, I thank you, Lord. And I was like so tired. <laughs> but these kids, they were so. But it wasn't just that they were like energetic kids that were jumping around. Because as they were jumping around, there were tears streaming down their face. 
And I remember them singing, they were singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And at, at one point, I just had to shut up and stop singing and listen. And it humbled me. It was so sweet. And then he told me that these kids walked two, three hours in the dark to come. And then even after the service, which ended at like, like 11 at night, many of these kids are walking two, three hours into the mountains to go home. They were sold out. That's how far they were willing to go to be obedient. They realized how much they had been given. We travel less time in an AC. <laughs> I realized on this trip that God has given us so much. And some people say, you know what? You went, you went, to, the, you went to the mountains. You went to the tribes. You know, of course it's going to be like that. Of course you're going to see people like that. But you know, what I saw is that they are reaching an entire region for Christ with jeepneys and on their bare feet. And God has given us so much and he's met all our needs. How much more Seoul? How much more Busan? How much more North Korea? The training we get in three months, it takes them three years. How much more the nations? All he asks of us is to be obedient. That's all he asks. That the entire trip, I'll be honest, leading up to this trip, I was so nervous. And I was so nervous and I was so filled with anxiety and fear. Because I felt like, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not Pastor Christian. Lord, I'm, I'm not Bill Johnson. Like, you know, Lord, I'm not going to, like, when I pray for people, like... You know, I see people get blessed, but like healed, like, come on, God, like, that's crazy. You know, like, that, I'm, that's not me. Like, Lord, I don't have Christian's anointing. I don't have Myungwa's anointing. I don't have Bill Johnson's anointing. I don't have Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake. I don't have, I don't have these mighty men and women of God's anointing. You know what God said to me? He said, Marcus, that's so off. <laughs> he said, it's not the anointing of Bill Johnson. It's not the anointing of Christian Lee. It's not the anointing of J.M. Becker. It's not the anointing of John G. Lake. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit's the one who has the anointing. We're just anointed. And each one of us have been anointed. You know, God's ability has been poured out on our lives. The Bible says that I will be unashamed of the gospel because it is the power working towards us who believe. And we all believe in this room. Amen.
So the call is for us to just take it to the streets. The call is for us to just be obedient. To just pour out whatever is in us so that he can pour into us. And then just give it away. Because it's not ours. The pressure isn't on us. You know, God doesn't say that he'll vindicate our words. He said he'll vindicate his words. He'll prove his words to be true. We just have to be obedient. To whom much is given, much is required. I believe that God is leading us now into a time where we don't, we don't have to strive in warfare for hours and hours to try and see breakthrough. But we just step out and be obedient and see God's power move through us. I want everyone to stand to your feet. Anna, if you can come up. What I want, what I want each person in this room to do right now is I want you to just open up your hands towards heaven. says in his word that God has he has fashioned us you know he's fashioned us like jars of clay and he has put this immeasurably great power in us to show that it's he put it in jars of clay like us to show that it's not us but that it's him but it's got to be empty vessels it's got to be surrendered vessels says in his word in Philippians 2 it says if so if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection and sympathy complete my joy of being of the same mind having the same love being a full accord and of one mind do nothing from rivalry or conceit but in humility count yourself count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says, have this mind of yourself like Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus emptied himself. Jesus became fully man. And he was fully filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit and then when he walked out he was obedient even unto the point of death and it was that that point where Christ where Christ was exalted 
what I want us to do right now is I want us to bring before the Lord a fresh surrender. So many times in songs, it can be so easy for us to sing like, Lord, I'll go to the nations. I'll, all that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. But I believe the Lord wants to bring us to a place where it's true. It's true in our hearts and it's true in our lives that all that we are is his. And that everything that was within us, we have submitted unto him that he may fully pour out his spirit upon us that he may fully fill us that he may fully release us into the nations that he may fully use us as vessels of his spirit so what i want you to do right now is i want you to begin